This is 11 o'clock. In 11 o'clock, I'll be talking to people I find inspiring, whose hobbies I find interesting, or whose lived experience can help us shape and improve our worldview. I believe everyone has a story that we can all learn something from, and hopefully by asking the right questions, I'll be able to find some amazing answers. Welcome to 11 o'clock. Welcome back to 11 o'clock, and I'm here with Sophie Josky and... Vaughn Ray, and we're here to talk about your show, Rust. Can you tell us about it, please? Um, yes, well, it's a fully immersive show with eight storylines that interconnect. And so it happens in real time. So as you arrive, it's the beginning of the evening, and then throughout the evening, the story happens around you, I guess. Yeah. Mm. It's a wartime drama about two different families connected by love and espionage and betrayal. (laughs) And how long does the show go for? If it's an immersive show, how long does the actual story go? We'd say it's roughly 60 minutes. Mm. Yeah, 60 minutes. We said 90 minutes, but it's 60 minutes. I think anything longer because the audience, there's no... seating so the audience are free to roam throughout the space so 60 minutes is about a good amount of time without an intermission for an audience to explore the space yeah now i've i really love immersive theater and i've seen a couple of different sorts and one is that you kind of follow a storyline but you go through a space or others a bit of a choose your own adventure is this one a more of a choose-your-own-adventure sort of story? Yes, that's correct. Uh, so there's no possible way that you could see all of it. You'd have to come back a few times to see. So the, all the characters, we put a lot of effort in to make sure that every storyline is connected. And so you will get snippets of each character throughout the storyline, but you will never be able to see all the action. So you'd have to come back maybe once or twice in order to see the whole thing yeah I think we worked out it's about three or four plays in one with the amount of scenes that are happening simultaneously so I think you'd probably have to come three or four times to see everything but you'll definitely get interesting snippets of a story whatever you do and then you can have fun piecing it together with your friends at the end and is the goal that people come back or is the goal that people debate and by the way we're sitting outside at Docklands if you hear a helicopter that's currently going over the top of us um well it I think when we wrote it it'd be great if somebody came back and we hope that it's interesting enough that it is interesting enough that the audience will come back to find out um another person, another character's journey throughout the evening. But also, I guess it's how you engage with the show if you want to find out more about the character's story. Because we've done shows in the past where the audience just enjoy getting snippets and literally they'd stay in one room and let the action come to them and they're just happy to see moments, the quiet moments that these characters are living and then other people actively seek out the storyline and try to find the clues and look through all the props and all that kind of stuff so I guess it's we devised it so it's exciting for everyone I guess 
So you kind of cover all your bases, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, and I I would probably encourage people if they come in a group to, if they feel comfortable, to split up and go wherever their heart takes them because I think it would be a really fun group outing to bring a bunch of friends and then scatter and then compare notes at the end because yeah. everyone will see something different. And is there a clear story? Because one of the, the major... Um, immersive theatres that most ex- theatre experiences that most people know is like Sleep No More and it's supposed to be based on Macbeth and I cannot figure out anyone who knows how it is actually based on Macbeth. Is there actually a very clear story in this or is it open to everyone's interpretation? Mm. So is what is I haven't been to Sleep No More myself but I've heard a lot about it. Is it more of kind of like a mood and an atmosphere that they're getting across? my understanding so this is very narrative driven so it has this show stemmed from another show that tbc had produced two years ago at the the cemetery melbourne cemetery and it is completely narrative driven and so that's why the audiences are quite small and there's only one we don't loop anything so when it happens it happens once you can't go back and watch it again we're sleep no more to my understanding i've never been but to my understanding it happens where an audience member goes and they can spend a certain amount of time in there for 3 hours but they'll be able to see the action multiple times it, yeah this is very narrative driven it's story driven where you see one character and you see their arc, the character arc. You see their struggle um, and you see how it plays out from each each character's perspective. And so the characters, as an actor, you're never off stage. So you're an audience member could be in that room. So when we write these scenes, some of the scenes are quite intense, but we also tell the actors that no one may see that scene <laughs> or everyone may see that scene or they might walk out halfway through the scene um, which is very strange as an actor because I was in that one to have an audience member just walk out. But it's also exciting because you don't know who's going to be there. You don't know where they're going to stand. They could be right beside you. They could be on the other side. Yeah, it's very, it's exciting. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it is like a linear story. We're not going like backwards and forwards in time or anything, which I think helps keep it clear when you have you know, eight different characters all with their own arcs going on that you can follow. Now, this is kind of a two-parter question. How hard is it? You said you're writing basically four plays in the one. So how hard is it to write four plays that all have connection? But then how hard is it to make those connections fit in the time period, like making sure that this scene ends when it needs to connect to the next or however it works? Yes, hard. (laughs) Yeah, it's real hard. We, it's been a lot of flow charts and a lot of like mind maps. And I devised a matrix of different folders with different scenes to organize it all. But then it's also been a rehearsal process of making sure the timing all fits together. So, yeah, I feel like there was a process with us as writers working as best we could and then handing it over to the performers and the directors to see how it worked in practice as well. How do you rehearse this? Do you break it down by scene and get all of the scenes sort of done and then put it in the one location and see how it flows? Like, how do you do the timing? What's the process there? Yeah, it's a pretty intricate process. There's, I think we've been mostly breaking it down 
into scenes, but there's been a lot of character work as well because there is a devising element to it. So getting the actors familiar with the characters and giving them a bit of input as well. Uh, but we getting into the space and putting it together is kind of the last step um, because the venue that we're working in is a building that people work in every day. So <laughs> that kind of has to be the last bit, the last piece of the puzzle, putting it all together. Yeah, would you say that's fair to say? Um, yeah. we And because we were still writing it when they started rehearsing, so we'd write something, bring it in, have them look at it, then we'd rework it to see if... It's essentially doing a first draft and then having the actors read it and work through it, and then we'd take it back, and then they'd be like, oh, we need... It needs a little bit more juice here, or... But rehearsing-wise, yeah, so at first it was breakdown scene by scene, character work, and then as we started to lock in the show, then they would start to map out. So, like, in the rehearsal room, not to scale, obviously, but then they would put um, tape down and be like, well, this is this room, this is this room. And so we had one rehearsal where they would just to see if everyone would be in the place that they needed to be at the right times and how much space just to get a rough idea because we did find that there was a massive gap so then we'd have to create a new scene or they'd have to find things to do in that time to fill the space. So it's a bit like which came first, the chicken or the egg. It's kind of a bit of, you do a bit of character work, a bit of scene work and then, because you can't do all the work um what am i trying to say you can't do you can't write all the scenes or you have to be prepared that the scenes may change once we get into the space mm. so the actors have to be very comfortable with the fluidity of the process i guess that's what i'm trying to say yeah yeah it's like we approach the scenes kind of as puzzle pieces yeah. uh and then working like if we look at the venue as kind of the frame of the puzzle, once we get the frame, we might have to change or tinker with certain pieces to get it all to fit together. Do yeah. you find that the actors relish this opportunity because they've got to be a bit more free and a bit more ability to improvise and have to go with whatever happens? Yeah, absolutely. And we've got some really wonderful experienced improvisers in the cast as well. And from the rehearsals that I've sat in on, it's been so fantastic to hear their input on the characters because there are moments where they'd be talking about what their character would think of certain things and Vaughn and I hadn't like necessarily discussed those aspects or put them into words, but we'd hear them say something and be like, oh, they've got it. That's, that's exactly it. So it's been super exciting and they're such a talented bunch and all super good looking too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, no, exactly. They, um, but you need actors who are comfortable doing this because yeah we put a lot on them and they have to go with the flow because we'd be like they auditioned for something that we hadn't written yet or only half written so there's a lot of trust on both sides um, and open communication of and like all shows but this is especially because we're like we need you to be prepared that you might have to fill a section like we need you to write a, not need you, we'd like you to write a soliloquy. And, and these actors were like, yes, we'd love to do that. So, yeah. You mentioned trust there. And one of the things I've been thinking about a lot lately uh, because of different things that are happening in the theatre scene is how do you train people to deal with the audience? Because if the audience are there, there's no barrier, there's no stage. 
and the audience could do something inappropriate? Or, you know, how do you make sure that or, the actors feel confident and safe when there's there's not a stage manager, There's is there anyone else in the room with them when they're doing a scene or that sort of stuff? Um, in the, uh, With experience with... Because our theatre company, TBC Theatre, um, a lot of the actors have... That all our backgrounds are in immersive theater, so we're all quite familiar with this process and so and with the auditioning process, they look at that with the actors, so people who have experience doing immersive work um, and also we found that melbourne Melbourne theater goers, but like with the other show that other shows that we've done, there is an element of respect they know that they're going into this environment they're actually put on the spot because they're as an audience member, they're very vulnerable because they're not in a theater where the lights are on the stage. They become part of the show and that kind of makes them a little bit more accountable (laughs) because we don't engage with them or it's very limited and there's a respect for the audience as well, of course, but the audience just, you can see them like anything that they do, they can't, they're not secret. If that makes sense. Mm. But then we also, throughout the rehearsal process, is um, while they're rehearsing, they get us to stand up, whoever is in the room, and we just be audience members and then just invade their space and get up really close. And then they have to kind of be like, oh, that's what they're going to be doing. Or you stand in the space where it's blocked and then they have to be like, oh, somebody may be sitting on your chair. So what do you do? And so you just, they do different skills or techniques that you can use to help you maneuver through it so you don't have to break character because they won't break character. They just keep going and then the audience will generally move. And if not, then you just keep going and then you find a different place to stand. So yeah, I guess that's why the actors need to be quite comfortable in themselves to just, and trust themselves that, um, that they are confident in what they're doing. And then that's what the rehearsal process is all about for them. So, yeah. Um, you mentioned before there's direct doors, so there's plural, or is there one? There's plural. We have three wonderful, amazing female directors, um, all with different um, experience backgrounds, um, and we're very lucky because they're all very um, fantastic directors. Um, yeah, which is interesting for them as well because I don't think any of them have ever worked in a process where there's been three of them, which is it's been great watching how they work because you have eight actors, two writers, um, almost two producers, three directors. Yeah. There's a lot of us. <laughs> are they seen as co-directors or are they sort of directing their own story individually and uh, all the stories link or are they working together on an individual scene? Working together. Um, one of them, Trudy Boatwright is, um, she's, one of the founding members or is the founding member of TBC theater. And so she has a very strong background in the immersive side of things. So she's heading up the more immersive side. So the, the track of where the audience goes and how the, um, the action takes place, I guess. Um, Renee Palmer is at the moment doing more of the scene work so the individual scene moments and then you have Alice Darling who's doing the whole overview so the feeling of the show she's the one who's gotten together all um, helicopter 
Um, she's the one that's got together all the lighting and the sound, and she's the one. It's more the feel of the show, which is really cool because watching them as one person, because they're all mothers. They are mothers. Two of them have young children, so they kind of the only way to get this to work was that while well, one is busy doing one thing or dealing with family, the other one would step in, and so it's they've done an amazing job of working it all out. Yeah. When you're talking about like sound and lighting and you're saying it's a, an actual working, it's a workspace now, yeah. how does that work? Like you don't have control of, you know, all of the special theatre lights and the soundproofing. Um, and you have people who are really excited about making a, a, a working house into a, a theatre space. So they've, Alice Darlings and all three of them, and that's what they've said is by having three um, working directors, they all have connections. And so they've all pooled these amazing, creative, talented individuals who um, I'm really excited about the challenge of how do you decorate, how do you make a space, a working space, into something that transports an audience member into another world. And because it's set in a war-torn country or an occupied country um, in the 1940s, during the Blitz kind of feel, how do you, yeah, how do you make it that and give the sound and all that kind of stuff as well. Mm. And I feel like with this, we have a bit of a unique challenge that's almost the opposite of what you usually have in theatre. So it's normally like, oh, how do you make a theatre space look authentic to the world you're trying to build? Whereas we have this gorgeous, you know, manor building with like an incredible basement space and it already looks like what we're trying to achieve. We just have to make it workable for a theatre space. So it's almost like going the opposite. So mm. There's a lot of communication, uh, sorry, like um, sound. But luckily, because it is a working space, they have um, speakers and yeah. So mm. they'll just have to come watch it and see how we do it. <laughs> Can I ask about TVC? Why is that particular company focused on immersive theatre? Um, we've done all sorts of stuff. Um, how many years have we been going for? Well, we've all had a strong background. So half... Um, did a lot of work with Underground Cinema, um, which has been going for 10 years. Um, and then the other half all were like starlight captains or working actors who all work in an immersive environment. Um, we did a few, we've done a few plays, shows that were in more of a traditional space. But then we just realized we really enjoyed um devising and immersive work um there's something really rewarding about um i found it really rewarding doing a show where you are immersed in a world and seeing an audience engage in that world differently than a traditional theater space um for our show that we did last year or two years ago um naismith secret it was really great to watch the audience get excited and try to figure out the story and like how if you're a non-theater person it was a great introduction to theater because it was you could engage in that world how you wanted so you didn't have to sit for two hours in a seat and watch something happen in front of you you could walk around you could 
have a drink you could sit and watch one person and then if you got bored you could go follow somebody else or you could go rummage in a drawer or that and it's really fun I really enjoyed that process and that's kind of why led me to do this show but then also looking at the queer element I guess and exploring that world a little bit more um yeah sorry I kind of lost my (laughs) (laughs) and Sophie you're just writing on this show and that's different from what you've been well what we've spoken about the last couple of times we've met uh how's it been a different experience for you yeah as you're kind of referencing the last couple of projects that I spoke to you about were ones that were either solo or a double act and I was writing and performing and a very, very small team, whereas this, I'm not performing, I'm just writing. I'm writing dialogue that I don't have to speak, so it's a real treat to be like, oh, you guys have to say this stuff and just hand it over and watch some really talented people bring it to life. Uh, and it's been really it's been really refreshing and rewarding and really fun to be part of a huge team. It's my debut with TBC, which is exciting because uh, I've been aware of them and think they do really exciting stuff, so... Yeah, I love writing dialogue. It's such a treat and a dream and it's just been real fun. Yeah. And you mentioned you've got three female directors. Is that by design or is that fluke or it's great that there is? And how does it... The, the show initially came about with trying to think about... Um, I think I wanted to tell an epic love story but I wanted to explore something different. And we were, we we wanted to create, um, we were looking at Shakespeare and like, how could you make Shakespeare immersive? And we're like, oh, that's really daunting. Or you, it's, the narrative is too complex. But I was like, well, what if you took a moment from Shakespeare? And we looked at Romeo and Juliet. And then I was like, well, doing something different if you had two female characters. And then as we started talking about that, you'd be like, I it'd be wonderful to see more strong female characters and that means more female because I understand that female directors don't like just just having more strong women voices, I guess. Yeah. And it was so lucky that these three women were available to work because they all had such a clear vision. And I always wanted, we always wanted to have, three women or women directing it as well because it was the two main female characters as well and I just felt that it was important we felt that it was important that women were there to tell those stories I guess yeah that was definitely something we had in mind uh I think there's probably close to gender parity across the team I've never actually done the maths but um yeah, the kind of female equivalent of Romeo and Juliet is kind of the leading force of the story, even though there's lots of other characters as well. So, yeah, we definitely wanted some female creative input on that. And it just worked out serendipitously that these that this three wonder trio was available. But it also reflected, sorry, it reflected in the... Because there's four men and four women in the show, and I, it was just working with Sophie to ensure that the three, the four female characters were super strong and engaging and exciting 
And I just felt like it don't have three female directors reflect that in the story as well, which was exciting to see, I guess. Yeah. Great. So do you want to tell people where they can see the show, how they can get tickets? Um, well, it's on through the Midsummer Festival, and I, it opens January 22nd through to February 9th. I don't know where they book tickets. <laughs> um, Probably through online. the Midsummer website. <laughs> through the Midsummer website, through TBC Theatre, I believe you can book on there, and also we're on Facebook and all that stuff. And the show is Rust. Yes, it's called Rust. Book tickets through Midsummer. I will put links on in the podcast um, on the website stuff but yeah good luck it sounds great thanks Evan I hope you've enjoyed this episode of 11 o'clock please rate and review us on iTunes comment on our Facebook page and share us to your social media I look forward to bringing you more episodes very soon